Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to continue Spooner. No treason. This is part three. I love doing Spooner because he just gets to the heart of it. The stuff is so solid. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth and I talk about issues that actually matter and show them how the actual legal system we operate under is a complete and total scam. And a lot of people don't like that, but a lot of people appreciate the fact that I'm willing to tell them the truth. I'm a self-certified master practitioner as well. I gave myself that award almost 20 years ago, and I recently got a Lifetime Achievement Award. So that's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get this going because these shows always run long. So I'm going to continue with Spooner's No Treason today. Spooner! Spooner! <laughs> He's the best. He's such a clear thinker. And if people actually understood the message of Spooner, this world would change because they can't address Spooner. That's why they have to ignore him. It's such an important point that there's nothing wrong with Spooner's logic. It's absolutely airtight. And it just shows that the state that we live under is a tyranny with no consent of the people whatsoever. None. An absurd scam. And as long as constitutional conservatives continue to ignore him and push the nonsense they do out in media, we have no chance. And that's why I'm so hard on those constitutional conservatives, because they take all the people that we need on our side who want freedom and liberty and small government and all those kinds of things, which are the right things, and then they get drained off into this ditch of constitutional conservatism that anybody can look at and see isn't in any way an answer. If it was an answer, it would have already worked. It doesn't work. It doesn't control anybody in government. Nothing ever happens to them. They just run on. In fact, the vast majority of the time that constitutional conservatives in radio spend is just complaining about how the Constitution is being ignored. That's all they really actually do. And then they, you know, they bring up these arguments that make no sense regarding things like the Federalist Papers and so-called intent and all this other shit. But the reality is that the thing is ignored all the time and absolutely nothing happens to the people who ignore it, abuse it, do things contrary to it, do things that have no constitutional authority, go down the list. Nothing happens to any of them. Just a lot of talk and about voting and blaming the people themselves, of course. And the Spooner series, this is the third part of No Treason, and I'm going to do the whole thing, as I've indicated. I've already done his natural law. I'm also going to do his Vices Are Not Crimes essay, and I'm going to do his essay on trial by jury, because I think those four together provide such a fantastically well-rounded understanding of the fundamental problems we have the legal system, the very fundamental problems. People seem to like them. I'm going to go on. Right now, I'm on part two. It's numbered very strangely. It says, no treason, number two. So I'm going to start. The Constitution says, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution 
for the United States of America. So he just cites the preamble to the Constitution. The meaning of this is simply, we, the people of the United States, acting freely and voluntarily as individuals, consent and agree that we will cooperate with each other in sustaining such a government as is provided for in this Constitution. That really is all it means. The necessity for the consent of the people is implied in this declaration. The whole authority of the Constitution rests upon it. If they did not consent, it was of no validity. Of course it had no validity, except as between those who actually consented. No one's consent could be presumed against him without his actual consent being given, any more than in the case of any other contract to pay money or render service. And to make it binding upon anyone, his signature or other positive evidence of consent was as necessary as in the case of any other contract. If the instrument meant to say that any of the people of the United States would be bound by it who did not consent, it was a usurpation and a lie. The most that can be inferred from the form, we the people, is that the instrument offered membership to all the people of the United States leaving it for them to accept or refuse at their pleasure. See, this is so important for people to understand, and that is that consent is the entire issue. See, if you're not consenting, then you are under a tyranny, because there's only a couple of ways to get things done, through consent or through force and fraud, (laughs) or you just force somebody or you trick them. That's it. You can either agree to it, You can be forced into it or you can be tricked into it. Well, our government purports to be this fantastic thing, so different from all these dictatorships that are just imposed on people. Well, what makes it so different? It's not the wording of the Constitution, the so-called fake freedoms that are in there. It's that they're built on the consent of the people. That's the whole thing. But then it's just all swept away as though consent is this issue from hundreds of years ago, from some rigged up, jigged up vote. That would make the 2020 election look like a fair vote. (laughs) That ratification vote was a joke. On top of the fact that nobody knows what's in the Constitution until the government supposedly tells us. The words obviously mean nothing until the government itself interprets them. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. No agreement could ever be binding like that. It's asinine to say that I'd be bound by an agreement that the other person is going to interpret however they care to. Um, No, I don't think so. I'm not going to be down with that. (laughs) But that consent is is the part that the constitutional conservatives and media always ignore. They act as though this is a dead letter, that once the government is formed, that that was the only consent necessary, that it got somehow formed by some vote a couple hundred years ago that none of us alive actually were involved with. Um, I'm sorry, but those people had no right to vote on my behalf. And nobody can consent for me, just like I can't consent for you. I can't bind you to all sorts of other agreements. But you add government, phrase government, and the people are so brainwashed from day one throughout their entire lives, they just can't get it. Okay, let's continue. The agreement is a simple one. Like any other agreement, it is the same as one that should say, we the people of the town of A agree to sustain a church, a school, a hospital, or a theater for ourselves and our children. Such agreement clearly could have no validity except as between those who actually consented to it. If a portion only of the people of the town of A 
should assent to this contract and should then proceed to compel contributions of money or service from those who had not consented, they would be mere robbers and would deserve to be treated as such. Right. This is the key point that you say government and constitution and country. You throw words like that around and people just forget and lose their minds about, well, the fact that it doesn't matter what kind of phrase you use. Where's the consent? Where's the consent? You can no more obligate me to support some school, hospital, or theater because some people voted to than you can support a so-called country because some other people decided to. There's just no distinction. It's just a made-up thing that you're so brainwashed about from the time you're born, you can't see it. Let's continue. Neither the conduct nor the rights of these signers would be improved at all by their saying to the centers, we offer you equal rights with ourselves and the benefits of the church, school, hospital, or theater, which we propose to establish, and equal voice in the control of it. <laughs> so... It would be sufficient answer for the others to say, we want no share in the benefits and no voice in the control of your institution, and we will do nothing to support it. Bingo. This is the thing. See, you have to be able to say no, no thank you to all the supposed fantasticness that the government offers. Oh, well, you can move. See, that still presumes the validity of the government. Why should I have to move from something that has no validity over me, no authority? Oh, and it does. Okay, so you just assumed away the issue. So you're compelling me to be obligated to it. Once again, you've sidestepped the consent issue. So this is always the problem. The move to Somalia argument doesn't work. That is a built-in assumption of the validity of the government. Every single time these people give those kinds of things, well, why don't you move? Why don't you leave? <laughs> That's not an answer to the problem that they don't have consent. See? That's the problem. They don't have consent. It's forced upon you. And the very distinction of this government is that it's built on the consent of the people. So you have to address it. But they don't. But they don't. And they can't because, as Spooner has points out in his book, it's just very clear. There is no actual consent. Let's go on. The number who actually consented to the Constitution of the United States at the first was very small. Considered as the act of the whole people, the adoption of the Constitution was the merest farce and imposture binding upon nobody. Right. If the vote of a few handful of people is going to be claimed to be the consent of the entire people, well, then it's just a fraud, which I've said over and over. It's a farce. It's an absurdity. It's outrageous nonsense. Even a vote today doesn't even get close to voting all the people. <laughs> it's just idiotic. Back votes today, like the standard vote is about 50-50. Yeah, and I'm only half the people even bother voting. And so you get 25% of the people voting who are even eligible to vote. And then you claim that you have the consent of everybody? That's absurd. What about all the people who voted against it? <laughs> vote for the other person. See, it doesn't make any sense. Let's continue. The women, children, and blacks, of course, were not asked to give their consent. In addition to this, there were, in nearly or quite all the states property qualifications that excluded probably one-half, two-thirds, or perhaps even three-fourths of the white male adults from the right of suffrage. And of those who were allowed that right, we know not how many exercised it. Right, they didn't keep good records. It just conveniently didn't bother keeping them. We can't find them. I've looked for them again and again. Nobody has any idea. But see, this is an important point. I make it all the time. 
that even if you wanted to so hell have a representative government like we had when there were only 3 million people and basically nobody could vote, you'd need like 50, 60, 70,000 representatives up there to even get close to the kind of representation they had when they first voted for it because there's so few people. The population is more than 100 times bigger, but you actually have to at least double it because of the women, and then you start going and adding more and more and more because of all the people who couldn't vote. And you just keep multiplying the number of so-called representatives up from 435. And you see that even the so-called structure we're given about how important your vote is, is just absurdly watered down to the point that it's meaningless. It's utterly meaningless. <laughs> if I say you and I are going to vote for something, and then you agree to that, and then I bring in 200 more people and say they're all also going to get a vote, I, and I overwhelm your vote, does your vote actually have any value? No, you'd say that was a fraud. Well, that's exactly the position we're put in now when people compare this vote that they supposedly fought for back in 1776, 1789, 1787, all these made-up dates they have, so-called ratifications and signings and approvals and all this shit. It's just made up. See, it's all crap. It doesn't actually fit. It's apples and oranges. It's not even apples and oranges. It's apples and concrete. They have nothing in common with each other. But the constitutional conservatives act as though the vote then and the vote now are all just as valuable. People fight for it. If people had any idea what they were fighting for, they'd laugh and never fight for it. Let's continue. Furthermore, those who originally agreed to the Constitution could thereby bind nobody that should come after them. They could contract for nobody but themselves. They had no more natural right or power to make political contracts binding upon succeeding generations then they had to make marriage or business contracts binding upon them. Yes, it's just simple logic. Now, it's also recognizing the law. I can't consent for you, and you and I can't get together and bind all the people who haven't been born yet to anything. It's idiotic. I've told people over and over again, one Congress cannot even bind the next Congress. But we're supposed to believe that some vote from 250 years ago has bound everyone for all times to this made-up thing that only government interprets. It's idiotic. See, the fundamental problems are not discussed by constitutional conservatives. They put you into a box and pretend that they're on your side, and they argue about these made-up things. The only thing that matters is that you're in this fake box where you're bound to this document that you've never consented to, to these rules you've never agreed to, to this system that you're not okay with. It's not any more legitimate than in some dictatorship. It's just not. And no amount of fancy words and waving the flag and talking about how people have died for it makes it true. That's all. It's gone. Still, further, even those who actually voted for the adoption of the Constitution did not pledge their faith for any specific time, since no specific time was named in the Constitution during which the association should continue. It was therefore merely an association during pleasure, even as between the original parties to it. Right. It's, it's not binding. It has no basis for a contract. There's none of the elements of a contract because there's nothing that the government is giving to you that you can enforce in any form or fashion. Only the government can enforce what it decides to give you, and that's not a binding contract. Still less, if possible, 
Has it been anything more than a merely a voluntary association during pleasure between the succeeding generations who have never gone through, as their fathers did, with so much even as an outward formality of adopting it or of pledging their faith to support it? Right. Now, he's writing the time of the just after the Civil War. So he's explaining why it is that over the last 80 years, nothing else has happened. You had this one vote. Nothing else has gone on. Nobody else has had an opportunity. The population has increased so much since that time. And nobody gets any opportunity to consent to it or dissent from it. And there's no such thing as saying dissent from it since there's absolutely no way to get out of it. In fact, the Civil War proves that. They tried, they voted, they left, they formed their own country, and the government said you can't leave, went down there, killed them, took all their shit, committed all sorts of war crimes against them. Let's continue. Such portions of them as pleased, and as the states permitted to vote, have only done enough by voting and paying taxes and unlawfully and tyrannically extorting taxes from others to keep the government in operation for the time being. Right. Even if you liked it, all that's happening is that for 80 years, you've been extracting money from people who don't agree to it and keeping the thing going. That doesn't make it any more valid. Oh, look at the long history. The long history is long of, of being a tyranny. It's not a history of anything but that. It's just so much brainwashing. People can't deal with these facts because they literally live in such a sea of lies from the time they're born that these very simple facts sound incredibly radical. Let's continue. And this, in the view of the Constitution, they have done voluntarily and because it was for their interest or pleasure, and not because they were under any pledge or obligation to do it. Right. Anybody who's continued to enforce this thing does it because it benefits them. And if they can use the government's authority to screw other people and compel their money and do all sorts of things they like, (laughs) well, of course they're going to do it. But it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it consent. It doesn't make it about justice. It doesn't make it valid. It just makes it a method of using proxy violence, force, and fraud. That's all. Any one man or any number of men have had a perfect right at any time to refuse his or their further support. And nobody could rightfully object to his or their withdrawal. Right. What is the basis that I'm bound to this? What is the basis? What's the legal basis? Oh, it's the law of the land. You just keep assuming away the issue we're talking about. Where does it become the law of the land? What does that mean? Where is the consent? It's based upon consent. You have to show it has consent before it can so-called be the law of the land. If it can just be imposed, then that's fine. But stop talking about being freedom machine and being consent. Stop pretending that you're a light on the hill. You're just another form of government, which is nothing but violence against the people without their consent. That's what it is. Until you find consent, you don't have it. And finding consent from some other person isn't finding consent by me. There is no escape from these conclusions. If we say that the adoption of the Constitution was the act of the people as individuals and not of the states as states. On the other hand, if we say that the adoption was the act of the states as states, it necessarily follows that they had the right to secede at pleasure and as much as they engage for no specific time. Right. You can't say the Civil War can possibly occur in a situation where it's voluntary. If it's of the people, well, then the people leave. If it's of the states, well, the states voted and left under their own governments. The people in the states voted, and they voted to have their state withdraw. 
So there's no escaping it. So you can't have a voluntary union of states or people and have a civil war to hold it together. I make this point to people all the time. It's very, very simple. But it's so radical, people can't wrap their minds around how badly confused and lied to they have been their whole life since this issue's never brought up. And the reason this issue's never brought up without consent, actual consent of the people, is because the government has none. And as soon as people understood that, it's no way you're ever going to continue to support it. You'll see right through the fraud that is being perpetrated by both sides who are in government. Every single side who claims to have some authority to act over you through government is a criminal because there is no consent. It's just a crime. The consent, therefore, that has been given, whether by individuals or by the states, has been at most only a consent for the time being, not an engagement for the future. In truth, in the case of individuals, their actual voting is not to be taken as proof of consent, even for the time being. On the contrary, it is to be considered that, without his consent having ever been asked, a man finds himself environed by a government that he cannot resist a government that forces him to pay money, render service, and forego the exercise of many of his natural rights under peril of weighty punishments. Right. That's what happens. All this crap about voting being voluntary and showing your consent, it's not true. What happens if I don't vote? If I don't vote, am I now no longer bound to the government's rules? No, I'm still stuck with them. And he's just explaining that that's, that's why this, this voting shit doesn't work. And he has all sorts of additional arguments in it. Let's continue this one. He sees, too, that other men practice this tyranny over him by the use of the ballot. He sees further that if he will but use the ballot himself, he has some chance of relieving himself from this tyranny of others by subjecting them to his own. In short, he finds himself without his consent so situated that if he use the ballot, he may become a master. If he does not use it, he must become a slave. And he has no other alternative than these two. In self-defense, he attempts the former. His case is analogous to that of a man who has been forced into battle, where he must either kill others or be killed himself. Because to save his own life in battle, a man attempts to take the lives of his opponents, is not to be inferred that the battle is one of his own choosing. Neither in contest with the ballot, which is a mere substitute for a bullet, because as his only chance of self-preservation, a man uses a ballot, is it to be inferred that the contest is one into which he voluntarily entered? That he voluntarily set up all his own natural rights as a stake against those of others to be lost or won by the mere power of numbers? On the contrary, it is to be considered that in an exigency into which he had been forced by others and in which no other means of self-defense offered, he, as a matter of necessity, used the only one that was left to him. Wow, that is such a powerful paragraph. I know it's long and it's written in this kind of weird formality uh, of the time, but he just lays out the argument so clearly that this idea that you're voting is, is consent I hear it all the time that if you vote, then you consent to it. Not true. He just completely obliterated that argument. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, Legal Man? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. 
It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. He just lays out the argument so clearly that this idea that you're voting is, is consent. I hear it all the time that if you vote, then you consent to it. Not true. He just completely obliterated that argument. As I've said again and again to people, well, if I don't vote, am I now no longer subject to the laws? No, I'm still subject to them. So the fact that they run around and say, well, there was a vote and now you're bound. It's like, well, I didn't agree to the vote. I've told people over and over again. In order for a vote to be valid, you have to first agree that you will live by a vote, the manner of vote, and what it is you're going to be voting on and who will be voting. Well, we don't agree to any of that. We're not even permitted to. There's no discussion of it. If a few of my friends want to go to dinner... And I say, yeah, I'll go to dinner. And it's obvious that a bunch of them want to go someplace I don't want to go. If they say, well, we'll take a vote. Uh, okay, well, take a vote. <laughs> you take a vote, I know I'm going to lose. That's fine. I'm just not going to go to dinner. See, that's the way actual consent looks. What the government purports to do is that they hold that vote and then they force you to go to dinner and, in fact, pay for other people's portions of the dinner you don't even want to be at. And then they tell you that you're free. See, this is how insane it is. There's so much brainwashing about the vote. Vote or die and all get the vote out and all this crap. Voting and democracy and republic and democracy and voting. It's just brainwashing all the time with no actual analysis of what is the value of this vote. It's shit. If you're in a minority, you have absolutely no representation at all. And that's on top of the fact that I don't even agree that they have the authority to engage in any of the things I'm trying to vote against. Voting is not voluntary consent in any form or fashion. It's not even close. Let's continue. Doubtless, the most miserable of men under the most oppressive government in the world, if allowed the ballot, would use it if they could see any chance of thereby ameliorating their condition. But it would not, therefore, be a legitimate inference that the government itself that crushes them was one which they had voluntarily set up or ever consented to. Right. If you're in a prison and you get some vote about whether or not you're going to have some kind of slop A or slop B, does it mean that you've consented to be in the prison and be subjected to this kind of vote? No. That's the problem. See, there's no consent to the fundamental issues we're talking about, that the government can exist and have all this authority. That's why all these arguments about policy are always just a deflection. That's why the red versus blue scam is so powerful, because it gives an illusion there's actually some kind of choice when there's not. And the people who push it in media are the worst kind of propagandists because they drain off all the people we need to understand the issues that are being discussed here. Let's continue. Therefore, a man's voting under the Constitution of the United States is not to be taken as evidence that he ever freely ascended the Constitution, even for the time being. Consequently, we have no proof that any very large portion, even of the actual voters of the United States, ever really and voluntarily consented to the Constitution, even for the time being. Nor can we ever have such proof. 
until every man is left perfectly free to consent or not without thereby subjecting himself or his property to injury or trespass from others. Wow. It's so powerful when you start to understand that the original vote itself is junk. <laughs> that not only was nobody in there, but you can't even know what the vote means. And what is the effect of all the people who voted against it? What is the effect? How do they become bound by it? When did they agree that they would allow a vote like this to happen, that they would then be bound to? Where's that vote? See, it doesn't exist. And now that the country, so-called government, acts so far beyond any kind of limited government, and all you hear endlessly is about how, how the government tramples on our rights. And yet, what's the answer each time? More voting. See, the voting is nonsensical garbage that's never actually analyzed. All they do is pick it apart and talk about who should get a right to vote and this and that. All the, but the assumption of the validity of the government's authority is always there. It's built in. That somehow, magically, this vote, which is utter crap, that happened 250 years ago with a bunch of people that I never met, I never gave any authority to whatsoever, had a vote, and that's it. Now everybody for all times is bound into this system. If you can't understand how absurd that is to claim that it represents the consent of the people, then there's nothing I could ever say to you that would get through to you. You're just lost, forever lost in the brainwashing. And I suspect most people who believe that stuff actually can kind of see it doesn't make sense, but they don't want to have to face the fact that they've made such a complete ass of themselves promoting it for so long. Well, let me make it clear. I promoted this utter nonsense about the constitutional conservative shit for decades. I was just as badly fooled as anybody. I promoted this stuff. I believed in all of it until 20-something years ago when I found Spooner. And Ever since then, I've known, oh, okay, and I've analyzed and broken it apart and figured out all the different lies that are in there, all the fundamental lies as opposed to starting with this constitutional conservative nonsensical narrative and analyzing it from within there. I stepped outside the narrative and looked and saw that the narrative itself on both sides is a lie. That's all. It's a lie. It's not something it's a nice thing to have to come to grips with, but it's the reality. And if you aren't willing to come to grips with it, you are completely screwing your kids and their kids and their kids and everybody else into this system of tyranny under the guise that, in fact, it's this fantastic freedom machine of consent. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know what else you can say about it, but it's, that's a great stopping point. And I want to reread those last two paragraphs because they're so, so powerful and everybody needs to consider them. So here we go. Doubtless, the most miserable of men under the most oppressive government in the world, if allowed the ballot, would use it, if they could see any chance of thereby ameliorating their condition. But it would not, therefore, be a legitimate inference that the government itself that crushes them was one which they had voluntarily set up or ever consented to. Right? They got to vote in the Soviet Union, people. They got to vote there, and they were sending people off to gulags and murdering them. <laughs> Think of all the shit that goes on here. There's literally almost nothing that the federal government does that I approve of or consent to. Almost nothing. My vote is utterly and completely meaningless. It's a complete and total sham from top to bottom. Nobody running ever 
in any way represents my views. Oh, well, you should run. Well, it doesn't matter if I won't get votes because my position is a minority position. What's happened is that people use the proxy violence of government to take my shit, to do what they want, to set up these social programs, to take my money and then shovel it off to their own projects and their cronies to continue to push the scam. There's no way to vote your way out of a prison. <laughs> if we have a vote in a prison, can we all vote to leave? Will a warden let you leave? No. And that's what the Civil War was. They voted, they formed their own country, and the government came and killed them. Okay, now I want to read the very last paragraph of this section one more time because it's so powerful if people will just hear the message. Therefore, a man's voting under the Constitution of the United States is not to be taken as evidence that he ever freely assented to the Constitution, even for the time being, meaning even the people back then who voted on it. You can't know that they assented to it. They might have been voting defensively. We don't know. Consequently, we have no proof that any very large portion, even of the actual voters of the United States, ever really and voluntarily consented to the Constitution even for the time being. Nor can we ever have such proof until every man is left perfectly free to consent or not without thereby subjecting himself or his property to injury or trespass from others. Yes. Again, it just shows that this, well, well you're free to leave. You need to leave. Um, you're just assuming the validity of the position we're discussing. If I have to leave, then I'm being uprooted. All my property, the land, the life I've built here, all the connections, they're all being torn apart. Why? Because these people purport to claim that they have some kind of authority. Based upon what? Based upon what? Law of the land. What does that mean? It's just an empty phrase. It's based upon a jacked up vote that never had any validity at all whatsoever to bind people in the future of any sort or to bind the people who voted against it. It's only consent or force and fraud. That's it. That's all there is. And it's just very obvious that so many people don't consent. They consent to the theoretical construct that's spewed by these constitutional conservatives that doesn't actually exist. And tons of people on the other side don't agree to that. So there is no actual government of buying for the people here. See, it doesn't actually exist. It's a fantasy. And it's a fundamental fantasy that never gets addressed. All that ever happens is that the people argue about policy out, so-called, in the news. And all that news is all run and owned by the same people pushing this garbage who operate behind the scenes and benefit from, from the proxy violence of government being able to impose itself on the people they like and then give the shit to the people behind the scenes. That's it. That's all it is. And there's nothing else to it and no amount of wishing, hoping, thinking, praying, all this other crap will ever change that. No amount of slogans and patriotic music and flag waving and to be you telling me about how your uncle did this and your grandfather did that and you did this and your son this. None of that matters. You've got to discuss consent. And until we have an actual legitimate discussion of it, okay, the people are just being lied to night and day by constitutional conservatives and media. And we we'll never will be able to have an actual conversation in the media about consent because there is no actual answer to the fact that there is no consent. There isn't. And if they ever put it to a vote, there not, wouldn't even be a way to put it to a vote. You'd have to have a vote that the people will agree to a vote with certain kinds of structures and limitations. 
Well, I know people want to continue to use government to abuse me. So I know that the people will continue to vote for that. Well, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I can never win. But it doesn't mean I consent. There's nothing holy about a majority, even a supermajority. There's nothing holy about any of it. Each person has natural rights. That's why I did Spooner's natural rights essay in, in its entirety already. Because people need to understand that all the so-called legislation is garbage. It's all based upon these same kinds of frauds. That's all. So that's a good stopping point. And the next couple of uh, sections are actually about treason, which I think I'm probably going to end up skipping and then going on to the next whole article about it. But I haven't decided. Uh, I, may, I may do some of it, but it's, you know, mostly the rest of the essay, we're going to go getting into some details where we talk about the actual vote and all the different ways of taxes and voting and how none of those things actually amount to consent. And if you don't have consent, what do you have? If I force you to do something, <laughs> what is that? If I take your property without your consent, what is that? It's a crime. <laughs> but see, if you add the word government, people imagine that somehow that you have consented through this elaborate constitutional horse shittery. It's just made up, showing you fundamentally there's no consent. And when there is no consent, whatever the government's doing is no different than something that a criminal does. They come and they force their way into your life and they force you to do things, not do things. They have absolutely no right to do. None. No authority. Nothing. Zero. It's 100% fake. It's all a sham. And it's just very, very difficult for people to wrap their mind around that. It's just so radical because of the fantastic brainwashing that occurs all over the world and all these different governmental things and movies and TV and everything. Every single thing just assumes away these issues and the people's minds are utterly and completely rotted out. So... Well, there you go. That's Spooner. It's another part of the Spooner series, and I really enjoy Spooner. Gosh, he's just such a clear thinker, and these issues are so important. They're so, so important, and I try to, in my own podcast, do issues that matter. Yes, I sometimes I use a topical kind of context, but I talk about the fundamental issues that are being exampled through topical situations. And that's a huge difference between that and what they do on radio and TV, where they push very unimportant topical issues about whether we should vote for this bill or that bill, instead of the real issue is where do they get the authority to have a vote to bind anybody either way on this? (laughs) That's just ignored. And I try to talk about those things in my podcast. That's the big difference. So I appreciate the people who support my podcast and Patreon. I really do. Uh, it's, it's nice to have some people who have the integrity to put their money where their mouth is. If you listen to my show all the time and you like it, then you should support my show. That It takes my time, effort, all the years it took for me to study this to make the show. And if you like it, that's what free markets look like. That's what they look like. So thank you to the people in Patreon who do that. And if you want to listen my show. I've got those shows out there. I put a show out every single week. It's true I put two shows out in Patreon. I do a live show, but I put a show out every single week, and it's more than enough material for people to catch on, more than enough. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review. I, I don't get kicked off there, I think, mostly because I kind of know how their algos work, and I'm very careful. So you can follow me there. I don't care if you do or don't. If you just come there to kind of push the Constitution joker shit, 
Uh, I usually just mute you or block you if you want to imagine that somehow I haven't got it figured out when I was already fooled for decades and then figured out I was fooled. And you're still on the stage where you haven't figured out you're fooled yet. Just wasting my time, honestly. You know, if you want to keep believing, keep believing. Keep believing. But you got to answer the issues of consent. And there is no answer. So. All right. Well, I think that's going to be the whole show. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time. For Legal Man. Thanks so much. I get to take your service away. More quash. More quash.